Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. And good afternoon once again and welcome to Saskag Today. It's coming to you live from Western Canadian uh, Farm Progress Show, or the uh, Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. I'm GX94 Agriculture Director, Doug Falconer, and I'm joined by 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Ryan Young. Happy to be here, and yeah, there's so many production shows and farm shows here, it's almost kind of hard to keep track of, eh? It's day three, yes, and it's the third and final day of the Crop Production Show, a great turnout here already, and we have a number of stories lined up for all of our listeners today. Uh, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskGangToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, has been hard at work for us. He spoke with uh, Doug Stoll, a retired farmer from the Delisle area just near Saskatoon here, who has developed a product called the Flowgate. So he'll tell us what that product is. And, of course, the Board of Directors of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, otherwise known as Saskwheat, has elected Jake Leguib as chair and Jocelyn Velestuk as vice chair. That meeting was held a couple of days ago. We'll hear from outgoing chair uh, Brett Halstead. And also, we will have uh, another story from Kevin Hirsch. He'll be talking about some of the crop returns that people have been talking about here at the Crop Production Show. So plenty to talk, talk about here this week. Absolutely, and that's in addition to the usual content you can expect here on SaskAg today with the market update, the livestock report, livestock prices, all the latest commodity prices as well. And also to kick off the show, as always, here at Crop Production Show is the Precision Weather Outlook with Phil Spivak. He's going to give us a comprehensive update here about uh, the weather here in the Saskatoon area. It's been quite cold here ever since that snowstorm came in uh, the other day. So we're going to take our first commercial break here. You're listening to Sask Ag Today live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. The coldest temperatures are really right where you are today. You're missing out on the warmth. A few degrees warmer for uh, Yorkton area, for the Regina area, Saskatoon, already uh, holding at minus 30 and really not likely to move much more. It may wobble a bit, may still get into the upper minus 20s, but minus 28 to minus 33 really the next couple of days will do it. The extreme cold warnings effective for most of the region, not including Yorkton to this point. I expect they will be hoisted under that warning before too long. Wind chill has dropped under minus 40 at times. And over the next few days, while the average wind chill will be just above minus 40, very often it's below. So that risk is there for the dangerous wind chill over the next few days. Even as the wind comes down this afternoon, we've already hit our peak wind for the day. It will continue to diminish slowly as the day goes on. The wind chill will stay close to minus 40. Still a bit of snow around too, especially for the Orton area east. 
Western Manitoba, an area of steady snow moving in. That will produce a couple of centimeters. It's winding down elsewhere. Some blowing snow where the wind is still up. Even the lighter wind taking this very light, fine snow and blowing it around a bit. But minor additional accumulation for uh, Regina. It looked like just a couple of flurries, mostly clouds mixing with some sunshine. York can still the chance for one to two centimeters. And Saskatoon area, you've got uh, very little tonight, though. One to two centimeters most areas. A little higher still, western Manitoba. That will wind down to two. Temperature is pretty steady. Minus 29, Yorkton, minus 27, Regina, minus 31, Saskatoon. And uh, then during the day tomorrow, the snow picks up a bit. Yorkton area picking up as much as three or four centimeters. Just a couple for the Regina area. The snow will wind down. And then into the weekend, we are drying out nicely. But it's staying cold. Minus 25 across the region Friday. Very little variation, Billy, once we get past today. Minus 29 Friday night, the wind chill under minus 40, and Saturday, very little movement. If anything, we may drop back a little more on Saturday. The chance for minus 30 by Saturday evening, pretty good. We do have some improvement into next week. We're not going to warm up. There's a brief warm-up about a day, early week, Monday or Tuesday, and then we're back below normal. But we're back below normal by a little bit. The coldest core of this Arctic air will lift down. So we're looking more like minus 18 to minus 20 next week instead of the high minus 20s. Sunday, though, we're still in it, a mostly sunny day. The wind picks up a bit, too, so minus 26 to minus 27. That wind chill dropping things under minus 40. Monday, a few degrees warmer, but will steadily rise Monday night into Tuesday. Thank you very much, Phil. And yes, we are going to miss that warmth, at least for today. Normal highs in Regina for the time of year is right around minus 11. Normal lows, minus 23. Sun rose in the Queen City at around 8.56 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.18. The warm spot in the province, or the closest to that, is in Estevan at minus 23, and the cold spot is Stony Rapids at minus 42. That's way too cold. Elsewhere in the province, Assiniboia, minus 28. Estevan, again, minus 23. Yorkton and Melville, around minus 26. Mooseman, minus 25. Swift Current minus 28, Saskatoon minus 30, and Weyburn minus 26. In Regina, it's a mainly uh, mainly sunny sky. Northwest wind at 23, humidity 68%. Temperature minus 28 degrees or minus 18 Fahrenheit with the wind chill. Feeling like minus 41 Celsius, and the barometric pressure at 102.5 and rising. Over in Moose Jaw, some ice crystals. Northwest wind at 24. Temperature at minus 27, but with the wind chill, minus 41. Temperatures in the GX94 listening area. The Paw is at minus 28 degrees. Swan River, minus 23. Dauphin, minus 24. Brandon, minus 21. Show Lake Russell and Roblin at minus 24. Hudson Bay, minus 25. Broadview Mooseman, minus 25 as well. Indian Head, Winyard Wadena Kelvington, minus 27. The Yorkton-Melville region has some light snow, a north-northwest wind at 32 kilometers per hour. 71% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 26 degrees, but with the wind chill it feels more like minus 40 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 14 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 21 degrees. According to the Environment Canada weather station at the Yorkton Airport, that Yorkton received 0.8 millimeters of precipitation. Somehow I think it was a little bit more than that, judging by the pictures I saw of the snow in Yorkton from yesterday. The normal high for this date is minus 13, the normal low minus 24. 
The sun rose in Yorkton at 8.51 this morning, and it will set at 5.06 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hotspot was Cleefeld at minus 6 degrees. The cold spot, Lynn Lake, at minus 38 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Coronac at minus 6 degrees. The cold spot was Key Lake at minus 44 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will return right after these messages. Welcome back to Saskag Today. We're here live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show at Prairie Land Park in Saskatoon. Amid all the high-tech equipment and products here at the show is one booth featuring a straightforward farmer invention. Kevin Hirsch from saskagtoday.com spoke with Doug Stoll, a retired farmer from Delisle who has developed a product called the Flowgate. Doug, tell me how the Flowgate came about. Why did you uh, why did you manufacture this? Why did you invent this? Um, being I was a seed grower and seed cleaner, I had problems with uh, material hanging up in the screenings bin, and it was always lodging or hanging up in there. So with this uh, idea that I have, you can open the chute right up on the bin, and it, it comes out a lot easier, and the auger just takes away what it needs. So to describe what we're seeing here. It basically fits on the, the bottom of a hopper bottom bin on top of uh, the, the discharge auger and and, and uh, meters the flow out. Yes, it does, and uh, it uh, makes it so the grain comes in a couple inches above the auger flighting, and the auger uh, just takes what it needs, and if the, if the auger happens to stop, the flow stops. So are you getting this uh, manufactured, the plastic work done other places? Yes, uh, there's a roto molder in Saskatoon that we deal with and uh, we've uh, got him to make a mold for us uh, he makes them in his uh, plant and uh, cuts them out for us and uh, we uh, apply the rubber straps on the back and the sock on the bottom so if people don't catch up to you here at crop production show you have a you have a website that they can catch up to you yes uh, well the website is uh, flow-gate.ca so flo-gate.ca and so how how long have you been in the actual manufacturing and, and sales business with these uh, we've been in uh, here about uh, four months so a brand new uh, brand new adventure for you it is yeah do you feel a little funny being here with all the high-tech stuff uh, this I, I, I really uh, like something that's simple I can understand looking at it that's practical yeah well yeah just looking around across from me these guys are representing million dollar companies and we're uh, a percentage of that <laughs> <laughs> well best of luck I hope it's a real good success for you thank you very much that was Doug Stoll of Delisle with his invention the Flowgate. he was talking with Kevin Hirsch of saskegtoday.com we're going to take another commercial break here. Up next, I believe we have today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. Stay tuned for that. You're listening to a special edition of Sask Ag Today from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show here in Saskatoon. 
developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. On the Ag Review today, Farm Credit Canada is prepared to pay farmers up to $2,000 to adopt 4R nutrient management practices using Ag Expert. FCC announced the new sustainability incentive program at the Western Canadian Crop Production Show here in Saskatoon yesterday. The program is open to FCC customers who put a 4R nutrient management plan in place, record production activities through Ag Expert Field, and have their 4R practices verified by a 4R designated agronomist. Fertilizer Canada's 4R nutrient stewardship is a framework of best management practices that involve using the right source of fertilizer at the right rate, right time, and right place. It's seen as a way to use fertilizer more efficiently and reduce environmental impacts. Activities in a 4R nutrient stewardship plan could involve soil testing, subsurface banding of fertilizer, use of enhanced efficiency fertilizers, variable rate application, and others. Incentive payments are calculated as a portion of the farmer's lending with FCC to a maximum of $2,000. Those who apply will need an Ag Expert Field Premium account. Producers are encouraged to connect with a four-hour agronomist and prepare ahead of the program's official opening in May of 2024. Saskatchewan farmers are producing some of the least carbon-intensive crops in Canada and the world, as highlighted in a carbon life cycle analysis commissioned by the Global Institute for Food Security, or GIFS, at the University of Saskatchewan. The two-part study commissioned in 2022 examined the carbon footprint from the production of five Canadian field crops, canola, non-Durham wheat, field peas, Durham wheat, and lentils. It compared these footprints, including their supply chain emissions, to some globally competitive regions across the world that export the same products, including Australia, France, Germany, Italy, and the United States. The results demonstrate that Canadian producers, particularly in Saskatchewan and Western Canada, are producing crops with the least amount of greenhouse gas emissions or carbon dioxide equivalents among regions compared. The study, conducted in partnership with the Food Systems Prism Lab in the University of British Columbia, followed established protocol for measuring the carbon life cycle of agricultural production. It compiled and reviewed data on the carbon dioxide equivalent emissions for the various activities that go into crop production, including transportation, seed, fertilizer, and manure inputs, crop inputs, field activities, energy emissions, and post-harvest work. The Ice Futures canola market hit fresh contract lows to start 2024, but may have finally uncovered some support. Ken Ball of PI Financial in Winnipeg notes that while there were no significant supportive features in the market, short covering ahead of the United States Department of Agriculture's monthly supply and demand estimates tomorrow could provide a nearby boost to the market. Malaysian palm oil has moved up for five days in a row, 
while Chicago soy oil has also shown some stability underpinning canola. However, Ball says with a big South American soybean crop coming, any bounce we see will likely be fairly routine. He adds that Canadian canola exports were running a million metric tons behind the year-ago pace, and the resulting likelihood of rising ending stocks would limit any upside potential. On the other side, Ball placed chart support around $580 to $600 Canadian per metric ton. Adama Canada has launched Maxentis fungicide for use on lentils, canola, soybeans and peas. Maxentis is a dual active ingredient product featuring Asorbidol 2 formulation technology. Asorbidol 2 allows for systemic and translaminar movement to move the fungicide throughout the entire plant, even when sprayed on top of dense canopies. Adama notes the product was tested over more than 50 farmer-applied large-scale trials in 2023 on multiple crops across Canada. In addition to a wide window of disease prevention, the product offers resistance management with multiple modes of action with complete control of Group 11 insensitive anthracnose in lentils. And say what you want about the state of farm transition in Canada, but the numbers don't lie. Farm business transition from one owner to the next is a huge deal both in dollar figures and families involved. According to Farm Management Canada, about 75% of farm businesses are set to transition to new ownership within the decade. According to a Real Agri-Study survey from May of last year, only about 35% of farmers surveyed said they had a written farm transition plan. When digging into where the succession process is stalling, two things come up in the data, financial costs and missing poor or vague communication. January 9th was Farm Transition Appreciation Day. And that's a look at today's Ag Review. We're live at the Western Canadian Crop Protection Show in Saskatoon, and we'll return right after these messages. Special edition of SaskAg today, live from the Crop Production Show at Prairieland Park in Saskatoon. The Board of Directors of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, or SaskWheat, has elected Jake Leguie as chair and Jocelyn Valestuk as vice chair. Their positions are effective immediately. Leguie, who is based near Fillmore, is a part owner of Leguie Farms with his family. He is entering his seventh year as a director with Sasquit. He was originally elected in 2017 and was re-elected in 2021. Legui graduated from the University of Saskatchewan with a bachelor's science degree in agriculture, specializing in, agro- in agronomy excuse me, in 2010. He is the current chair of the Canadian Wheat Research Coalition and has served as chair of the Sasquit Research Committee and as a director with Cereals Canada. Valestuk is entering her fifth year as a excuse me, as a director with Sasquit after being acclaimed to the board following the 2023 director nominations. She is part owner of Valestuck Farms Incorporated, a family operation she runs with her husband and his parents near Broadview. Valestuck sits on the Sasquit Research Committee, represents Sasquit on the Prairie Recommending Committee for Wheat, Rye and Triticale Cultivar Voting Panel, and is currently the secretary treasurer of the CWRC. She has a master's degree in soil science from USASC. The Sasquit Board of Directors includes Cameron Reich of Crake, Leslie Kelly of Watrous, 
Scott Hempworth of Assiniboia, Glenn Tate of Miota, and Brett Holstead of Nokomis, and Rob Stone of Davidson. The outgoing chair, Brett Holstead, talks about 2023. Well, the crop bounced back. The 22 crop, which was delivered in 22-23, bounced back from the drought of 21. So that's a happy highlight. You know, we continue to invest as heavily as we can in our key priority areas, which is uh, research, market development, agronomy, and communication. He says the amalgamation with the Saskatchewan Winter Cereal Commission. Yeah, it went smooth. We worked well together at Food Council. We uh, met their requirements and and got that done. In a, you know, it took a little while, but there was just you know some regulatory things that needed to be done, and that takes a bit of time. Halstead says one of their resolutions calls for removing hard vitreous kernels as a grading factor in hard red spring wheat. That's hard vitreous kernels in spring wheat. So that's basically your dark red kernels versus the ones that have lost that shiny bright color. So currently I believe that's 65% for a number one and then two and below is anything with less than that. So it doesn't have a lot is some of the argument of actual milling and baking properties to it, the improving it, but it does make the grain in certain markets, they like the look of that red Canadian spring wheat. And I guess we also have to consider what our customers want as producers too. Generally, there's not a big spread from a number one to a number two, but you know, if it's five or 10 cents a bushel, a farmer wants to maximize that if he can. He says the resolution will simply examine the issue. Yeah, and it sounds like it'll be part of the Western Standards Committee and their subcommittees moving into that, their April meetings around that. And, you know, we'll do a little bit of discussions too with the organizations leading up to that. Halstead says another resolution was to consider attending a Vancouver Fraser Port Authority producer tour. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see how that goes. We'll have to, you know, probably not going to produce, put a whole lot of producer money into something like that, but we'll see where funds are available at other sources um, and discuss that as a board. Uh, resolutions are taken under advisement and the board hasn't had a chance to discuss that, but we will look forward to having the discussion on that and, and see what partners want to cooperate with us on that. He adds he's enjoyed his time on the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Oh, it's the people, you know, it, it really is. It's an opportunity to rather than um, just wish things were better, actually try to do something about it. It was my thought process when I first got involved, and then I kind of got hooked on being around people um, and learning about other areas and other interests and different areas of the province, of the country, of the world, and how things work. So that's kind of what drives me is to try to try and be involved in making a positive change. Halstead believes the Wheat Development Commission will be in good hands with Jake Lugui and Jocelyn Valestuck. Yeah, they've both been on the board for a number of years. Jake and I actually come on the board at the same time. Uh, they're both younger farmers from southeast Saskatchewan. Uh, a great insight on a lot of things, um, both uh, agronomy and research-based mines as well as understanding a lot of other issues in Sasquatch, and I look forward and still have two years on the board. Brett Halstead is the outgoing chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission.
You're listening to Sask Ag Today, live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show here in Saskatoon. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side, we're going to do the market update. And you're listening to Sask Ag Today from the Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. here with Sask Ag today here at the Crop Production Show in Saskatoon, keeping warm on this chilly Thursday afternoon. Grain prices at Viterra, meanwhile, were up in early trading today. Canola is up 30 cents at 584.72 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up $6.01 at 315.17. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 446.92, feed barley 247.58, Chickpeas 1168.44, flax 591.04, oats 290.32, yellow peas 446.38, feed wheat 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down five cents at seven dollars and two and three quarter cents a bushel. And now to the futures market. Canola futures are trading up across the board this hour. March canola trading at 623.60, that's up $4 per metric ton. May canola trading at 631.10, up $3.50. March Minneapolis wheat trading at $7 and a quarter cents, down 7 and a half cents. March Kansas City wheat trading at 6.17 per bushel, down 7 and a half cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 6.03 and 3 quarters down seven cents march corn trading at 458 and a quarter down one and a quarter cents march soybeans trading at 1240 and a half that's up four cents march oats trading at 388 per bushel that's up two and a half cents and that's the commodities update please stay tuned saskag today will return right after these messages Welcome back to Saskag Today. It's time now for the livestock quotes, which are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of January 10th. A huge run for us here with a whopping 331.50 in the short, 320 cows and bulls, a total of 34.70 for the day. And if all of you were wondering, all the, all the buyers did show up on time. They came early and they were having their coffee. Cows were selling under pressure to lower, but the bulls selling steady. D1, D2 cows, 110 to 120 sales to 121, 122. D3 cows, $75. These older blemish, weaker blemish cows, 40 to 60. Cows are averaging 107.50. From that good windyard area, these good young cows, 1,600-pound young cows, they topped out at 126. Good bulls, 135 to 145, sales to 147, 148. Bulls are averaging 135. From that good foam lake area, 2,550-pound bull topped out at 152 and a quarter. A nice job there. And uh, these feeders, they were selling higher to a very strong demand. The quality of feeders that came in was unbelievable. It sure was nice to see these well-fed cattle. I know it's a lot of hard work, but... Good job to you all. Listen up. 420 pound black steers, 449. 500 pounders, 415. 575 pound steers, 409. The 650s at 355. My favorite pen, 710 pound tan steers, 338. 780 pound black steers, 323. 850s at 304. 
950 pound steers at 284 and 1,050 pound steers at 270. On to the heifers, 420 pound black heifers, 330, 500 pounders at 346, 575 pound heifers, 322, the 650s at 310, 710 pound heifers, 289, 780 pound tan heifers, 274, 850s at 248, and 950 pound heifers at 258. Highlight of the morning, 83 red black exotic steers, 950 pounds. They topped out at 285 and a quarter. You can't make them better than that. And a package of tan heifers, 860 pounds. They topped out at 263. A job well done there. All in all, a pretty good day considering the stormy day. Next week, pre-sort, 2,500 head consigned so far. Should be another good one. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And the latest pork prices are at $168.32 per CKG. And checking the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, February live cattle futures are trading at 171.77. That's one up 102. April live cattle trading at 174.55, up 87. March feeder cattle trading at 227.37, up 125. April feeder cattle trading at 232.75, up 130. February lean hogs trading at 72.72, up 65. April lean hogs trading at 79.32, up 37. And that's the livestock market conditions. Please stay tuned. Saskag today live from the crop production show in Saskatoon will return right after these messages. Right, and we're back with Saskag today live from the Western Canadian Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. Great turnout for this year. Crop returns in the coming year look much more promising for some crops than others. Saskagtoday.com's Kevin Hirsch examines projected crop returns. Each year at the Crop Production Show, the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture releases its crop planning guide for the upcoming year. The guide details all the variable costs of growing each crop, including seed, fertilizer, and crop protection products, as well as fixed costs, such as machinery depreciation, machinery investment, and land investment. Based on forward contract prices and other information, a price projection is made for each crop. The calculation of net returns is based on top yields at the 80th percentile of the provincial average, and there's a calculation based on average yields. The top performers for 2024, based on the SaskAg analysis, are large green lentils, green peas, kabuli chickpeas, Durham, brown mustard, and red lentils. All have profit potential even if yields are only average. The worst performing crops with losses per acre are spring wheat and flax with the biggest losses coming from feed barley and malting barley. Copies of the Crop Planning Guide are available at the SAS Ministry of Ag booth at the Crop Production Show, as well as regional offices. The guide will also be posted online. Producers are urged to use the worksheets in the guide or the online calculator to input their own numbers. For SASCAG Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. 
Well, we're going to take uh, our final commercial break here, and coming up next is the Resource Report. You're listening to SaskAg today from the Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. And we're back with SaskAg today. Google says it has laid off hundreds of employees working on its hardware, voice assistants, and engineering teams as part of cost-cutting measure, cost measures, I should say. In a statement released earlier today, the company said the moves were made as Google aims for, quote, responsibly investing in our company's biggest priorities, end quote. Google earlier said it was eliminating a few hundred, few hundred roles with most of the impact on its augmented reality hardware team. The company is currently locked in a fierce rivalry with Microsoft as both firms strive to lead in the artificial intelligence domain. Last January, Google said it would lay off 12,000 employees, or around 6% of its workforce. Over to the markets, the TSX, that is down by 113 points, 20,961. Oil down 225, or Dow rather, down 225 points to 37,457. Oil is down $1.78 at $72.55 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74 point seven zero cents us and that is the resource report and that is also going to be the sask egg today live here from the crop production show here in saskatoon you betcha on behalf of ryan young the 620 ckrm regina agri news director and myself doug falconer gx94 agriculture director we're bidding you so long from saskatoon